Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. Just heard from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, who tomorrow will be at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. We'll have Spec on momentarily, but not before I tell you that the second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by our friends at Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. You can uh, text us on our 630-630 Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford's out in Fort Saskatchewan. Go down and see the great Goretzky, that's Mike Goretzky, at Heartland Ford, and Griff Jarvis at Heartland RV, and tell them Oilers now sent you. Uh, we're on Twitter. You can reach me at uh, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan at Brendan S. Scott. Uh, Sportsnet spec for our next guest, Mark Spector. Spector and Stoffer for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta bringing you the 90th running of the Canadian Derby that goes Sunday. It's a Sunday this year, August the 18th, out at Century Mile. Tickets at cnty.com. All right. Without further ado, and uh, he's getting ready for his big tournament, which is uh, going to take place tomorrow. We bring back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you? Oh, pretty good, Bob. Like every year, the day before the tournament is uh, kind of like the day before a wedding or a giant party, right? <laughs> There's a lot of eyes getting dotted and T's getting crossed, and uh, we're crossing our fingers for the weather. And uh, can't wait to see your much improved golf swing tomorrow. I think that's going to be the, the thing I look forward to the most, Bob. Oh, you're not going to see that, trust me, because it's not improved. But I will tell you, I've, I've probably had six or seven guys, a couple guys in the business, but a couple guys in around town that have reached out and say, hey, am I going to see you at the event tomorrow? So people looking forward. Just Why don't you just uh, tell everybody here, uh, I think they got a concept of Sports Central, but how long has the tournament been going for? How much do you guys uh, uh, annually raise? Uh, and then who are some of the biggest supporters and, and some of the guys that work behind the scenes to make this thing work for you? Well, there's a million people out there that are, you know, everybody's so supportive. I mean, obviously you have your, you know, sponsors that have been with us a long time, Beatles Restaurant Day and uh, the Supreme Group and people like Rogers and, oh my goodness, MHK. There's, I, I'm going to miss some because there's so many and people are so kind. But I think one of the cool things, Bob, is, you know, guys, I don't I don't know Carter Hart and Sam Steele real well, but I contacted them and said, hey, we're doing this Super Sports Century. You guys are here in the summer. Both those guys are coming out to play. Tyler Benson is coming out to play. Uh, Nick Holden's been a supporter from day one. Of course, Colt Brickell, uh will be there tomorrow, and, and uh, Jake Frost, right? So I think that's kind of cool. Here's two guys that battled, you know, pretty tough in that Stanley Cup final, man. Jake the Bus coming down the lane on Pareko's side. And, 
you know, now they're going to get up, get up for a really good cause tomorrow. So all the PR staff, like the Chicago Blackhawks, pitch in a beautiful Stan Makita jersey and the Phil Zach in Philadelphia sends us stuff and, and the Winnipeg group and the Oilers pitch in a couple of uniforms. Like everyone kind of comes together, Bob, which I like, no matter what team you're on here. Uh, they're coming together to help kids, right? Help kids get uh, into sports. So uh, we're looking forward to it. This is 6 1. So uh, let's hope she's smooth. Well, uh, and these things don't happen, Mark, without, uh, you know, a support network that you've been a part of. But, uh, you know, who are some of the guys that are sort of the tournament organizers and those sort of things? Give them a shout out right now as well. Well, yeah, we have, uh, we use an event group, KMG Events, and they're, they're a bunch of ladies that, that get this thing off the ground for sure for us. I mean, there's just so many details in a tournament. We're golfing about 225 people a mall. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, we've got 27 holes at the quarry. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's 27 right. 27 holes at the quarry, so, and not, you know, some fivesomes. We try to not have too many, but you get your celebrities, and who doesn't want to golf with one of those players or a Mike Civic or, a, you know, Archie Henderson comes up every year. Uh, so those guys, Dave Tippett's going to play for us. Um, but, you know, John Liston is a good friend of sports. Actually, he's on the board. He helps us out a lot. He's a close friend of mine. And uh, Don McDonald's a fellow than anyone who's been around. If they're parked at Sports Central on a freezing cold night back in the old days, he was the guy parking you, talking about working his butt off for a good cause. So, you know what? There's just a bunch of people that are all involved. And uh, Jerry Stevenson, you remember him from the uh, officials, uh, the upstairs officiating crew, SATS crew. Uh, yep. He's been involved in minor sports as a Maple Leafs guy for a million years. So, you know, lots of people, everyone doing just a little bit and uh, right many hands and light work and all that stuff. Well, well, and this year I don't have to be the chauffeur like it was for the last three years. So yeah, uh, You always pick up the call and the airport going back. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you, you dug for information the entire time. Oh, trip. that never happened. <laughs> I, I never deployed anything that I got on those 48-minute uh, drives back and forth from the quarry, uh, from the airport to the quarry, and then from the quarry and back. And well, Todd told me if he was going to keep doing it that uh, we had to throw in a limo ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep, I'll keep that in mind when I see him in a yeah. couple weeks. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, Mark Spector, Bob Stauffer with you at Oilers now. Spec, we just you mentioned Dave Tippett. He's going to do a, a full media availability yesterday, or uh, tomorrow, rather, uh, at the uh, Mark Spector Golf Classic. But we just had him on uh, now for about 20 minutes. Couple, I just heard most of that. Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, sounds like to start a couple tandems. Uh, dry Settle McDavid and Neil with Nugent Hopkins and potentially uh, Neil on the left side. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, um, how would I say? I guess to me, whether or not he plays left or right, I mean, there's a couple factors here. He sure he'd fit on the right with McDavid and Drysaddle, but I believe that you know this team's biggest issue last year was support scoring for the Drysaddle McDavid line. So if I'm coaching this team, I'm thinking the same way. Like if I've got if I'm going to play 29 and 97 together, then I got to give 93 someone that can put the puck in that. And you know, now they're playing left or right. I think that's fluid, but I'm going to say that probably you know they're they're a little light on the right side and and lay on both sides. Where would you play them? Do you like them at left or right? With your job? You know, the funny thing is, I just have the sneaking suspicion at some point he's going to end up on right wing with McDavid, and I'm not saying that Drysaddle is going to be there on left wing. I, I But I do think just because he's a volume shooter, like, 
uh, you know, now maybe ends up in right, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know. If you keep Cassian with McDavid and Dreisaitl, does that mean that Chason goes, uh, you know, right wing with Nugent Hopkins? And, yep. and Neil, can you flip? I don't think Chason can play left wing. I think we you saw know, that. More, he's better on the right side, and that's probably what puts Neil on the left. And, you know, listen, we know this too, Bob. It's a long year. Yeah. And things change, and I don't, you know, we've always seen Drysaddle come away from McDavid and then go back and come away and go back, and stuff's going to change. You've got a new coach who's never really seen these guys up close as their coach, so he's going to watch this thing for a while, and, you know, we're going to make a bunch of predictions here early in the season. They're going to start playing games, and they generally tend to blow up everything we thought, don't they? Well, I I, I find it, you know, I, I put some tentative lines out, and, of course, the Oilers haters, and there's a couple guys, one guy in Toronto that wants to jump on and comment on everything, and, uh, you know, oh, these guys are, like, let's just see, you know, first of all, every year, Mark, there's between 150 and 180 guys that got into NHL games the year before that don't play. Right, like there's turnover in the league. That many guys, eh? Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's about a hundred higher number than it was. Yeah, not, well, maybe it's one twenty to one fifty, but there's there's a lot of guys that just can't you know play anymore. Like, here's the thing: I think Nygaard could end up playing in the Oilers' top six because he can skate. So maybe he's a guy you play with uh, Nugent Hopkins and Neil. Theoretically, if Neil goes to the right side, well, then where does well, that right? That's like, good right? If Nygaard comes along and proves that he's top six left winger, yeah. okay, well now you move me over the right and you're set, right? And now, you know, we've always, I've always said, like you've always agreed, you're a, like, Chason and Cassian, they, I think they'll split time as they did last year uh, up with McDavid. I have a feeling that one guy goes dry for a few nights, the next guy will step in. Yeah. And you're a better team if when one or both of Cassian and Jason are in your bottom six because on a good team, they're bottom six right wingers. It's not a slight against them, and they both filled in and pinched pretty well. But I'm telling you, on a good team, a team that's got a chance, yeah, uh, both Jason and Cassian are bottom six. Well, guys. I mean, the, 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 you know, the funny thing is, you know, we talked about John Sex, but he's like, why would they not deploy Cassian's speed and aggressiveness on, you know, McDavid's yep. line? And we were like, because he can't finish on that line, except he actually did, you know, produce you You know, he was a, it was a somewhat effective player. I mean, you know, so I, I, I think Nygaard, is a while he to me is less of a wild card than Haas. We just heard uh, Dave Tippett talk about the potential of Haas maybe getting a look at third line center, maybe Jujar Kara there, uh, and it also sounds like Gagne won't be. Uh, he'll strictly be on right wing at this stage because of Dave's history, knowing what he's got there. Also, uh, he mentioned Chris Russell maybe better on the left side than uh, uh, than second pairing right D. That uh, could change the complexion of uh, things on defense as well, Mark. Well. Any guy, like, I'm always hesitant, and I know you're not. I'm hesitant to relate my playing experience to an NHL conversation because I'm, a, you know, 80,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah, we both are. We're both in right. the Jules Verne League. We never... Right, you're a million miles away. But this is what does equate to even my Saturday morning hockey. You try playing on the wrong wing yeah. or on the wrong side of the fence. And it's very clear what's happening. You have to take a lot more passes on your backhand. Now, today's defenseman doesn't have a ton of time to handle the puck. He needs to move it, right? That's what we say. Move the puck, move the puck. So when you force a guy to play the wrong side, he's 
take it past his arm's backhand, switching it to his forehand before he makes a pass. That's bad. The second thing is your stick's on the wrong side. You've got to bring the stick back towards your net to make a pass rather than when it's on the proper side. It's, it's just physics. So good for Chris Russell to have played as much offside defense as he has. They've required that. The Oilers need that from him. But he suffered for it, right? It's harder to do. And I think for not just Chris Russell, any guy is a better player on his own side. Talk to Mike Babcock. He's in the pace of today's game. He's become very much against defensemen on the wrong side because guys don't have time to play the wrong side anymore. And I think you'll see a better player out of Chris Russell if he's playing left uh, left beat. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some guys that can, you know, I think it's easier for forward spec than it is for defense, though we already oh, talked about it. for sure. Right? Because when they cough it up, it doesn't go straight in their neck. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do, Mark. We're just going to put you on hold here. We're going to see if we can clean up the phone line a little bit, uh, but we're going to take a break. It's 118 in Edmonton. This is Specter and Stauffer for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, the Canadian Derby, Sunday, August 18th. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Specter and Stoffer for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. It's the 90th running of the Canadian Derby at Century Mile Race Tack, and that takes place Sunday, August 18th. Be part of history as Century Mile hosts the Canadian Derby for the first time. Tickets at cnty.com. All right, let's uh, re-engage Mr. Specter. Mark, the news of the day. Yeah. Out, out after a year and a bit, Paul Fenton in Minnesota. Your thoughts? My thoughts, who hires a GM and fires him inside a year or in a year? Uh, very, very interesting. There's got to be some. I know that uh, he did get off to a rocky start with with a couple of trades uh, that nobody liked. Uh, but generally speaking, a guy, I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm sure he signed at least a three-year deal, Bob. I'm not sure if it was longer, but uh, these are desperate times. And when you're firing a guy after one year and paying him for at least the next two, uh, there's got to be more to this tale than we know for sure. Yep. Uh, well, in Mike Russo's piece that ran in the Athletic, uh, culture uh, was brought up. Now, it should be noted, uh, P.J. Fenton briefly was an Edmonton Oilers scout. He got his scouting start in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Fenton uh, brought P.J. in when Peter Shirelli uh, was let go here in Edmonton. And P.J. was uh, co-running the draft for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and I forget which Shirelli ended up going in as part of the staff in uh, in St. Paul. So that's that's going to be interesting. Mark, we got texts from people saying, "Well, the uh, the owner in um, in Minnesota did what uh, you know the owner should have done with Pete Shirelli." And I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I I get that fans think that Peter in the end didn't do a very good job. That's part of the reason why he was uh, let go. But Pete Shirelli, unlike Paul Fenton, had a, a far more extensive CV, and uh, nobody was saying anything like that after the second year when the Oilers got 103 points and uh, you know lost three one-goal games in round two of the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's. I'm going to say it's probably easy to look back now and say they should have got rid of Peter Shirelli before he, you know, made those last several deals in this last season, at least that nobody liked one bit. Yeah. Um, sure, but I don't know. Listen, 
it is not healthy for anything. If you hire a general manager, you better have done your due diligence that you believe in him enough to stick with the first year and take him into his second and third at least. Come on. you don't hire, I, I can't recall anyone hiring a general manager, and I'm sure I can be corrected, but... I can't recall a general manager. The only time I can one year, do you? Well, what happened to Neil Smith? Uh, Was he Neil Smith in Long Island? Uh, I believe he was placed above Garth Snow once. Or maybe we'll get. Yeah, but that was at the Charles Wang years when they were doing all kinds of goofy, crazy, stupid things, right? And Buffalo, uh, Pat LaFontaine was brought in to be above Tim Murray. And I know for a fact Pat expressed some concern to Terry Pagula about the long-term fit of Tim Murray. And uh, lo and behold, LaFontaine was unceremoniously dumped immediately. And three years later, uh, Murray was fired. So Okay, so I, I, I guess what I'd say to you is I don't dispute your facts at all, Bob. But, but let's look at yes. the success the Buffalo organization has had in operating the way they've operated. They have not had. A, they've not had a hundred. Say what people can say what they want. They can criticize the Oilers. Twelve out of thirteen years. The fact is, Shirelli did have a hundred and three point season here, and so that that that's one huge difference. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just the body of work spec. He was hired May twenty first. Fired uh, today, which is July thirtieth. He trades uh, Nino Niederreiter and gets back Victor Rask, who, frankly, did nothing for me when he played with Calgary Hitman, whereas Niederreiter was a damn good player with Portland and mm-hmm. obviously a huge part of Carolina. He traded Charlie Coyle and got back Donato in a fifth-round pick. So that's two top six forwards, Niederreiter and Coyle. And then he traded Marcus, uh, Michael Granlund, who is a very talented player, uh, for Kevin Fiala. And then he turned around and signed Zucker. Imagine what Zuccarello's thinking. He just signed a, what, a, a six-year extension there, or, or a six-year dealer at $5 million per, and the guy that signed him is out. It, it is strange. you got to admit, Mark, it's a strange situation. Well, listen, but think back about Minnesota, Bob. Like, like you know, if they're talking, I think you use the word culture uh, in terms of one of the reasons why they let him go. Well, there's a culture of a team that Fenton was explicitly brought in to alter. Right. This was a Minnesota team that was good for a long, long, long time, but never accomplished anything. Right? He had to come in and break a few eggs here to make the to remake the omelet in in Minnesota, did he not? Yeah. By the way, Mark, uh, RCN has mentioned you guys neglected to mention Craig McTavish only got two years as GM in Edmonton. Oh, really? Yes. Well, okay, well, there you go. well, he took over. That. He took over sort of Aprilish of 2013, and in fact was let go April 24th of 2015, six days after the Oilers won the lottery and, and got Connor McDavid. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Anyhow, like just to finish the thought, like I don't know what Minnesota, what culture Minnesota is protecting. Right, they've got a culture of being a, a pretty decent team that ekes in the playoffs and loses in the first round habitually. So, you know, the next guy they hire is going to come in there and he's going to continue to change what they've been doing. So, I don't know if Paul Fenton. I know he didn't win those trades, Bob, but I'm not criticizing him for trying to mix things up in many. They've never accomplished anything there. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, Chuck Fletcher. In fairness, I mean, he made some good. I mean, he, he was Arizona played a factor, but he. Devin Dubnik, you know, got him off the scrap heap and turned him into a number one. Hey, right? Chuck Fletcher got that turned that team into a into a good team and a good organization, but they all got they got sick in Minnesota of being just a good team, yeah. right? 
they got sick of making the playoffs and losing in the first round, as they should. So Fenton was tasked with changing that. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying he was successful, but uh, I'm not saying the job's easy either. All right. Well, one final text quickly on our Heartland Ford text line at 127. Could you imagine if the Oilers' higher-ups were competent enough to fire Shirelli after the first year? Would only be half the disaster. Don't matter about his resume, Bob. Chia just kept messing up from uh, year one forward. That, to me, sounds like... Sorry, man. That sounds like revision assist. I mean, look, the Hall trade was a highly... It was a highly uh, a, a, a debatable trade at the time. We all knew that. Uh, in the first year... Taylor got a little banged up, less than a point per game. And Larson was like plus 20 that year, and the Oilers got 103 points. I, I think it's revisionist history to say that, put it this way, after year two, no one was thinking Pete Shirelli should be fired at Edmonton, Mark. Agreed? Yeah, I think that's the way, the best way to phrase it. It's not necessarily revisionist because as I look back three years, I go, oh, yeah, they'd have been a better spot if they'd have done it. No one's disagreeing with that. But to sit and say that after the first year they should have been smart enough to fire him, I didn't hear anyone, anyone no one. in the no, hockey world no saying they should get rid of that general manager after the first year, not a single person. Mark, the title sponsor of our show is Digitex. Hugh Porter will be at your tournament tomorrow. Yeah, he's playing tomorrow. Uh, I'll be I'll be wrecking uh, Tyler Hupka's day with a group as well. We look forward to seeing you. And uh, just, to, just to verify... Uh, and I use the term lightly, celebrity. There is a separate, like, celebrity Bailey's uh, hole. Is there not there, just to confirm? It's, no, no. The the celebrities get to drink with everybody else. That's the whole deal. Oh. oh. So if you're golfing tomorrow, bring your Sharpie, whatever you need signed, because there's a bunch of guys there, and they're already and willing. And, uh, okay. Nice chance to rub shoulders with the rich and famous, like Bob Stoffer and uh, Wilkins, Paul. He, Reed's going to be there, too. Oh, Reed's playing, too. Oh, yeah. You guys were stuck, and you couldn't get anybody better than reading myself, eh? Wow. <laughs> we'll see you down there, Mark. All right, Bobby. Thanks, man. Yeah, you bet. 129 in Edmonton, Spectre and Stauffer, Horse Race in Alberta, Canadian Derby, Century Mile, August 18th. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. Back with your texts, tweets, calls. Sure, we could squeeze a couple in. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.